the Groovy Podcast. Ah, now we say we're on air. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought we were already on air. Uh, hopefully we were. For those of you who we were on air for, let me say it again. Uh, actually, no. For those who weren't, oh, never mind. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to another episode of the Groovy Podcast. Now, this when I say around the world, this time I mean it literally. Uh, I am my name's Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, as usual. But this time, we are privileged to be joined by. I'm Jen Strader, and I'm currently living in Berlin. Yes, and Jen, you you um you're from Minnesota, or at least I met you when you were in Minnesota, right? Right. I I've moved a few times. Uh, I actually grew up in the South. I uh, went to college in upstate New York. Uh, spent some time in Jersey. Spent some time in Minnesota. Um. I think the the last time I was on the podcast, we talked about uh, the Fulbright that I got to go to Denmark. So I, I've lived in lots of places. Currently, I am in Berlin and uh, would like to stay here for a little while. So how's your how's your German coming along? Uh, I'm learning. <laughs> I take classes uh, once a week through through my job. So. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, I ich habe ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. Okay. <laughs> Uh, from from when I was uh, in high school and, and earlier, you know, I had a, okay. a couple of years of schoolboy German, and then, oh, back in the '90s, I had to go to a conference in in Munich, in yeah, Munich, and uh, I took a little bit of a training class from my job at the time, you okay. know, and that's all the German I have, uh, and that's probably best if I leave it alone at that point. Well, um, for those people who are not aware, you know, Jen Strader has been active in the Groovy community for many, many years. And actually, I don't know how you'd not be aware, both because she does have a solid public profile and also because we mention her a lot on the podcast, as you know. So if anybody actually does listen to that, they should know you. Uh, is there um, anything you want to say about yourself to, as, by way of introduction? Oh, um. Yeah, so I've been using Groovy for a while. Uh, I've definitely been a part of the podcast for a long time. Yeah. We might even have to go back and research. I might have been on the podcast before you. I was oh, in one yeah. of the very, very early episodes. Yes, you um, definitely when, were. When Peter was st was still uh, still the host. Oh, I remember um, that. You were on one of the first five. Uh, I, you know, I don't yeah. remember what number, but yeah, you were in one of the first five podcasts uh, before I, I mean, I was listening back then. You probably remember as well the old Grails podcast that uh, Glenn and Sven did. Remember that? That that was probably around the time I, I joined Groovy. I, I don't think that I knew about the podcast when it was actually running live. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was Glenn Smith and, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on Sven's last name. Uh, probably because I never did a good job of pronouncing it well. Uh, ben, uh, Sven, um, oh shoot! And now somebody will send me the name, and I'll I'll get it right at that point. But at any yeah. rate, I I remember when Clausius, I think maybe, uh, and then Soren. No, that's Soren. That's right. Yeah, that's Soren. Right. It was uh, Sven Hygis. Hygis. I think it's H A I G E S, something like that. And yeah, Glenn and Sven did it. And I remember approaching them a couple times, and I wanted to to be a co-host on that thing way back in the day. Cause then I would joke that it would be Glenn, Sven and Ken. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and three people all over the world. Cause of course Glenn's in Australia and Sven was in Europe at the time, but then moved to California. And, and then of course everything changed and Peter picked it yeah. up, you know, the rest is history. Uh, but at any rate, yeah. I mean, I think I first met you when you were running the great ladies group in Minneapolis. Yeah. So I, 
I, I, I've met you before that, but you probably will never remember me. Uh -oh. So my, uh, so I started, I started working for Worm Health in, after Memorial Day. So maybe the first week of June. And then I went to Great Conf US that year. So like two months later, and you, you were one of the speakers, but uh, at, at that point, nobody knew who I was. I was one of the six women there, we counted. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of why we started Great Ladies. Uh, but uh, there, were, there were so few of us that year. I, I do think I remember that conference, and I remember, uh, mm -hmm. I remember meeting most of the women there, sitting at the same table, as I recall, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in, the, in, the, in the pub or something, in the bar afterwards, or something like that, going to say hi. Uh, we were having some, there was some event, you know, that they were having after the the conference. I mean, it wasn't untoward, you know. <laughs> to go oh yeah, yeah, it. no, no, it was yeah. actually officially part of the thing. Like after one of the evening sessions, we went to. Uh, we'd rented a, a space in, in one of the bars and uh, yeah, that was yeah, the first time that. we met Corinne. So that's right. Yeah. I remember that. And that was, um, that was, Oh, that's gotta be a lot of years ago now. Well, Five. at any rate, yeah. <laughs> so you actually did something awesome that I have to mention is that you actually put in a pull request on the, oh, yeah. on the groovy podcast uh, show notes. Uh, account, which I it came up this week uh, that the, somebody noticed that the that they were looking for the show notes and the old links weren't working, and that's because I hadn't been clear enough about the fact that uh, Baruch made a, an actual location for the Groovy Podcast show notes, uh, an organization or something on GitHub, and yeah. that is just to let people know again, just so I can not forget to mention it. Uh, we are at, at um, github.com slash groovy dash podcast slash groovy podcast, all one word. And you found it, which is good. I mean, we did tweet the location this week, but only because somebody well, asked finally because we'd forgotten. Because I had the same question. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're nice enough to give us a little bit of an outline of things to talk about. So that was great. I noticed the first thing you pointed out is something that was uh, that Paul King mentioned earlier this week on Twitter is that Groovy turned 15 years old yeah. this week. Oh, my goodness. You, you can believe that. When did you start working with it? Five years ago. So I've been a third, a third of Groovy's life now. <laughs> really? Just five years? It seems like yeah. you've been part of the community for longer than that. Uh, I mean, I started right away. So like pretty much as soon as I started using Groovy, I, uh, I jumped into organizer mode and started uh, filling some of the, the vacancies that I saw in the community. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously had experience before Groovy and I've, I've been a developer for a lot longer than that. Uh, but, but Groovy itself uh, is just since, since 2015. Wow. I mean, of course, younger and younger people you know, our older and older people seem young to me now. So, I mean, it's, you know how it is. Um, wow, I, that's a, it's been a, a little while, 15 years. I think I got involved around 2007, 2008, that time frame. So that's still, you know, after it was established, the first Groovy book I found, I found an old Groovy book that was written by a Scottish university professor it was just called Groovy Programming or something, and it was on a, a one version or something even earlier. It was it's unbelievably, you know, I, now it's a historical artifact. I, I suppose I should put it on eBay, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it turned 15 this year, and of course now it's quite well established as an Apache project and everything. Uh, that, was, that was fun to see that. Now, you mentioned also uh, Daniel. Now, do you know how, how Daniel pronounces his last name? Is it Sun or Soon? Do you have any idea? I 
I don't actually. We should. You should get him on the podcast and ask him. Uh, that that would be a great plan. <laughs> except that I mean, you and I have our own time zone issues. issues you know? yeah. He's in China, right? <laughs> so that would be the other side of the world for me. Well, we, we'll we'll have to work something out. And, yeah. and I don't know if he travels for conferences at all or or not. But we'll no. we'll have to try that. Uh, but at any rate, as you pointed out, Daniel has been posting a, a bunch of articles on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so it's and, go ahead. It's, it's Friday, so I suggested he be the, the Friday follow on Twitter because uh, he's been posting a lot of interesting articles. He posted one about like why Groovy is gaining popularity. Uh, he started doing some, some legitimate advocacy for Groovy, uh, which no one's done in, in a little while. Now, I follow Daniel on Twitter, but when I just Googled his name for his Twitter account, I uh, came up with about six of them. Do you remember which one is his, actually? Oh, Let's, it's Daniel Daniel underscore S U N. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it says uh, and everything. You'll see the picture, yeah. Uh, the picture. Uh, I see something about Java's new garbage collector, which you know that sounds like a, a very Parrot, likely. Parrot parser. I Daniel underscore son. It's, it's it's the right account. But, I think yeah. he changed. He must have changed the picture. All, I mean, it says in his bio, Apache Groovy Committer. So that's definitely the right one. But yes. I think he must have changed the picture that you're referring to. But yes, uh, wow. definitely uh, in there, there's a, there's several articles he's been talking about, the, most recently about the garbage collector and stuff and about the, the, uh, the see that IDE review that they tweeted about the coding pro camp. Did you see that? I, I didn't. Um, oh, goodness. I, I mostly just see the, the groovy ones, the, the why groovy and uh, the, the thing that I thought was interesting uh, was the learn X and Y. I actually, oh, yeah, right, right. Um, yeah I, I messed up on that one. I thought that it was something that Roberto had done and uh, turns out there's lots of people that have contributed to it. So. Yeah. It I mean, the one about the coding pro camp that he retweeted, you're, you're better off missing out on that one because it was an um, article called Top Five IDEs and Text Editors for Groovy. And the first one it lists is Groovy and Grails Tool Suite, which you know doesn't oh, no. exist anymore. Maybe yeah, it's I mean, an old article. Well, yeah, I don't think it is. And it's like, oh my goodness, boy, did they mess that up. But so be it. Yeah. But I yes, mean, the yeah. learning it, X and Y, I'm looking to see if I see that one there. I'm sure it's in there, but you say it was yeah, contributed yeah. by a, by a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, I'll find it at some point. So yeah, Daniel has been extremely active on the the Groovy Three move, right? He's been yeah. doing a lot of work on that part of it. the Parrot Parser, as you say. That's that's a lot of that's his baby, right? More or less, <laughs> not his literal baby. Uh, um, no, I, yeah. So he. Uh, I actually. Yeah, I he's have, done a lot of work. I'm sorry, I have babies on the mind. Uh, my niece just had a kid, so you know that's oh. my wife's go visiting and everything, and okay. so that's that happened to be on my on my mind there. But uh, yeah, I know he was very heavily involved in that part of the of the core team, and I know he has um, he became a core team member. A while ago, says, actually, he actually put in his bio, wrote the new parrot parser for Groovy. I think that his development of that is what got them to bring him in as a core team member, I think. And then, I mean, of course, he's been working with Paul and the others. Yeah, he's he's made some significant contributions. Uh, definitely the the all-star of, of new committers in the last several years. Mm. Uh, he's, he's devoted a lot of time to it uh, and definitely is very patient. Uh, I know a lot of the things that he suggested uh, were kind of new and, and maybe radical to some of the uh, the, the older Groovy uh, committers, so. 
I'm glad that he stuck through it and that, uh, that he's continuing to contribute. Yes. Well, we definitely appreciate all of his efforts. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, another thing that, that you were going to mention um, was about, uh, now you got to go to Great ConfiU, right? I did. I'm actually on the organizing committee for that too. Oh, when did that happen? I didn't remember that. Uh, you were so when I moved to Denmark, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I started helping. I mean, Soren does a majority of it. Like Soren does an unbelievable amount of things for that conference. Uh, but I, I try to help out with things that I can, like as a native English speaker, if uh, with marketing and wording and things like that. Um, I, I tend to be present too. So I, if I show up, uh, he'll put me to work and, uh, and we'll, we'll get stuff done. Uh, yeah. So there was a, there was an interesting photo that came out, uh, this year that, uh, we had the orange, the orange suits. So I'm definitely in a very orange suit as part of the, the crew photo. Uh, no one, no one can complain now that they don't know who's on the staff and who they can ask a question <laughs> because we have very, very lovely, uh, bright orange uniforms. Uh, well, that's, that's very <laughs> helpful, bright orange there. Yeah, I have my little orange grail shirt, I suppose. Yeah. This is the keep calm mm -hmm. and use grails 3.x t-shirt that I got at one of the great comps. I think it was uh, in, the, in the US though. I've only been to great comp in Europe once. Yep. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Uh, but now you were in, as you say, you were a Fulbright scho uh, scholar at, now which university was it exactly in Denmark? The Technical University of Denmark, uh, so the more of the engineering school. The the school where we host the the conference in Copenhagen is a, more of a digital media and arts university. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the University of Copenhagen, which is if you study computer science, they're much more theoretical. And then the the, the university where I studied uh, is more about engineering and software software engineering practices. But I was in their formal methods department uh, studying. Uh, analysis and uh, in, in doing some work with, with Codner. Now, what was your Very project right about? I, I don't remember the details. Uh, so, so the the project itself. Well, it was it was a submission, so it was a lot of things. Uh, I was there to to take regular master's classes because I only have a bachelor's degree. Uh, I but I also took some independent study classes. So I I worked with a really amazing professor there uh, who. Uh, helped me get through some like really low-level understandings of how CodeNARC works, how ASTs work, uh, how compilers work, uh, and, and took some classes with him as well. Uh, and so that was like the the technical part of it, uh, but it's also a cultural experience. And so there were there were outings that we did in, in learning more about Denmark. I was taking Danish language classes. Of course, I don't remember how to. Now, now it's all mixed up with my German, <laughs> but um, it, and it's very similar. Like uh, the pronunciation is very different, but the, the grammar rules and the roots words are, are very similar. And so it, I, I've had to forget a lot of it. Um, yeah, that was an intensive program, right? It was like nine months or something. Yeah. So I, I started in August and I left after so my, my last event was great conf uh, of 2017. Well, it sounds like it was a good experience at any rate. It, it was, I, I, don't, I don't regret it. Like I, um, I, I'm sad I didn't stay, uh, but things happen uh, and, and life changes directions, right? Mm. Uh, but uh, I, I learned a lot while I was there. Uh, it was my first experience uh, really living outside the country. I've been to, I had been to, to talks and thought that like 
visiting Europe was great, but it's a whole different experience living in Europe. I can't imagine. I mean, is that partly that experience what encouraged you to move to Germany this time? Definitely. So I, I wanted to stay in Europe, but uh, Copenhagen just wasn't wasn't a good fit for me. Um, I'm, I'm much happier in Berlin. Uh, it's much more active and, and booming city with lots of culture and um, kind of, a, I, I know a lot of people don't like Berlin because it's a little bit grungy uh, and gray and dark, but uh, I kind of like that about it. Well, we don't want to say anything negative about Copenhagen, I suppose, or you'll get to, No, get no, I, I still go back and visit. Bar. I'm still on the conference committee. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's much more of a personal thing about, yeah. um, like, yeah, like, like what I, what I like about where I live. Sure. I mean, not, not to imply anything there, just I don't want your Twitter mentions to blow up accidentally, you know? Oh, gosh, again. <laughs> well, but again, we don't we don't have to worry too much about this because what do we have, you know, 10 people listening to the podcast? You'll be all right, you know, and... and Live, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Eventually. I know my boss listens, so... He'll... Oh, really? Uh-oh, so we have to say nice things about that then. Okay. So did you go to Berlin directly in Germany? I seem to remember you going somewhere else first. Was that wrong or are you just looking around? No, uh, well, living. I've, I've been traveling a lot. So uh, one of the things that I've done while I was here is that I try to go to a new city every weekend, or not every weekend, but every month. So one weekend out of every month, I try to visit somewhere new. Um, and so I, I've been lots of other places. You may have seen me tagged, but uh, I, I live in Berlin and I have for the last 15 months. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Uh, now, the reason I brought up Great Conf, other than, of course, the fact that you're involved, is you mentioned that apparently the videos for the latest Great Conf in the EU will eventually be available, but right now they're, what did you say, in preview mode? Great. So if you were an attendee of the conference, you got an email this morning with uh, some very exclusive content. Uh, and uh, so so hopefully those will be available publicly uh, later. But it's, it's definitely an advantage of going to the conference in person. Uh, that you get some of that content ahead of time. So hopefully once the everybody's had a chance to get the extra benefit of being an attendee, then they will be publicly available shortly thereafter. Yeah, uh, you, you should talk to Soren or, or us. Yeah, well, we'll Soren about it. I'm sure we'll mention it on the podcast when they become publicly available, but it's nice to know that they're coming. Yeah, he he hasn't. He's been on vacation all summer. Um, you should go check out lots of pictures of, of him and his family. Like we we try to have a really nice balance. Like uh, I I know everyone's uh, frustrated that the videos didn't come out in a timely manner, but uh, it, it's amazing how like and it it takes a lot of work to do that. Like so, one of the things that I I've definitely learned in, in being involved in the process and all of the uh, the chats and the communications is is how much work it takes. To organize a conference and uh, and how much of a wonderful job Soren does. Well, I I'm impressed. I'm really we're very grateful that he does it. I mean, I I I only have a sense of how much work that is, and that sense alone was enough to make me run run away screaming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't even imagine how much effort he puts into that thing. Um, okay, now you mentioned something. Uh, you actually had a link to uh, a comment on Twitter about the origin of the name Spock for the testing framework. Yeah, there's a, there's an interesting uh, conversation going on. I think it's a, actually Soren again. So Soren had uh, started a call for the the logo of Spock, and there's been a lot of debate around it. Um, the the implications of whether it should be associated with uh, the Star Trek Spock or whether uh, it because the name originates from like the shortening of specification in Mach. 
um, which I guess was kind of news to me. I mean, it makes sense, right? Uh, I, I just had always thought that it was a, another cute, groovy pun, but that's, that's a very practical name. Oh, I've been making the gag for years that, I mean, I knew it was the shorthand for, or at least according to Peter, Niedervisa, yeah. who created it, that it was short for specification and mock. But I always would make the joke in a, my presentations that that's just a rationalization. He just wanted to name it after Spock and then the rest <laughs> he just came up with. But yeah. I don't really know. Um, but very interesting that uh, he's got the um, the pull request and still technically no logo or whatever. But at any rate, the tweet is there and we'll put it inside the, the show notes, as you say, uh, yeah. just to mention about it. Um, it's an interesting yeah, and you know, J Unit Five has come out relatively recently, and that has um, that has changed the game as far as J Unit's concerned. I think they've learned a lot from Spock. the The part that Spock, in my opinion, still has as an advantage is the the parameterized tests. While they work in J Unit, first of all, in J Unit Five, they're still quote experimental. They're an additional module the experimental module. And also they don't have anything that's as clean as Spock data tables. I mean, yeah. they, they, they do have the nice little CSV source and, and CSV file source and everything and, and a lot of nice mechanisms, but nothing beats Spock data tables at this point, I, I think. But we'll see how that plays out. I think some people are going through the issue now of, of because um, Spock provides a JUnit runner, if you move to JUnit 5, there are no JUnit runners anymore. There's only extensions. And I don't know when or if there's going to be a Spock extension for JUnit. I'm hoping it that they're at least working on it or something's going on. I tried asking in the message group, but I never got a response. I'm, I'm not sure that what use mechanism the Spock people are using to communicate these days, because that message yeah. board looks pretty, uh, pretty low activity. That, that's actually a really good question. Uh, so one of the reasons why I haven't played around too much with the new Groovy stuff is that the version of Spock is still at 2.4. Mm. And I'm not sure who's working on Spock. Um, that would be really interesting to, to see. Not that I have time to actually contribute to it. Well, but um, still, but, I mean, Soren yeah. should know that, right? I mean, Soren, he's on the he's on the group, the team, isn't he? Yeah, so we, we should check it. Yeah, well, <laughs> check, he's check for later. He's European. He's been on vacation, so. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Any rate, when he gets back, we could talk to him. Of course, there's also uh, Rob Fletcher wrote that whole book on it, you know, so yeah. might be another guy. Pardon me? He's been pretty busy with some other things. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but at any rate, that was one. Um, the OCI team has been very active, as you mentioned, also giving lots of groovy talks. And, of course, Paul King was at GreatConf in the US as well as in EU, and, and he went on to ApacheCon, right, as you mentioned, to give his uh, Groovy talk there the, about the future of Groovy. Uh, were you thinking of anybody other than Paul when you mentioned the OCI team? Uh, yeah, so I, I think that it's really great that they've been going out and talking. I mean, there's a lot of stuff with Micronaut that I have another section on Micronaut <laughs> in the notes, but uh, mm. um, it, it's nice to see that they're doing a lot of advocacy because uh, that's that's one of the things that we we talk about internally as a community a lot, right? That there are no um, paid groovy evangelists or uh, or, or adv de developer advocates or anything. Um, and it, it's really nice to see that OCI is investing in uh, in uh, in Paul and his work and and getting them uh, out to to conferences and other things. Yeah, I think um, uh, Ivan Lopez was doing some stuff too, and and. 
Yeah, they're doing a lot on Micronaut in, uh, right. in, in, other, in other talks uh, that are related to their core teams. But, uh, but Groovy as a language has been kind of uh, missing in general from, from a lot of the Java, like general Java conferences, um, mm. or at least not, not as much as they used to be. And that's, that's sad. That seems to be a, an industry-wide thing. It's it's not, I mean, as we say, as you said, it's 15 years old now. And, you know, it's not the hot hipster. It never really was the hipster language anyway. You know, it's just the language for getting things done. So, yeah, it's good to see that the talks are still going on as well. Now, you mentioned something about the Grails repo with an SSL. And <laughs> yeah. to so that was, uh, that was uh, actually, I probably shouldn't uh, talk about that too much. But uh, if you had an issue with if you have an issue with girls the other day in building, actually we had one with uh, with Jason or this morning too that uh, there have been some some issues with uh, builds uh, like oh. grabbing dependencies, and uh, so there was like a, a whole day where uh, I I couldn't I, I really wanted to help with uh, we're having this reloading issue in the the new version of Grails, and so um, I couldn't get it to work in our in our massive giant app, so I tried to create like. A, a basic example demo app and like reproduce the issue in a in like an out of the box uh, demo. <laughs> and then of course this is the one day, the one day that the SSL cert is expired. And so uh, none of it can't pull the plugins. So it, it can't pull uh, a bunch of stuff from the repositories because it keeps saying that uh, the SSL cert is expired and it can't happen after. Um, but they fixed it very quickly. Yeah. At least the good news on that is that's an easy fix. So. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, I think there were some issues with a, a provider. So it's, I mean, for for me, like, so it, it happened uh, during the day here in Europe, but probably by the time uh, everyone in the U.S. started working, it wasn't a problem anymore. Well, then we'll probably take that out because it's a solved problem, right? It's already fixed. Yeah. So. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Now you did mention uh, Gradle four point ten, and we we have mentioned Gradle four point ten. On our last podcast, yeah. I think, but uh, the uh, Gradle also has a newsletter, and they recently published the. Uh, by the way, it's a it's a very good newsletter. I think they do a really good job with it. And if you just go, I think it's at newsletter.gradle.org, something like that. Is that right? Yeah, remember, I'll check it. But at any rate, the the most recent uh, newsletter talked about the fact that they are moving to Gradle five next. Yep. And of course, the big deal on that one is the announcement of the Kotlin DSL 1.0. It is, by the way, newsletter.gradle.com is okay. the as uh, the version of that. So the August newsletter mentioned that the in Gradle 4.10, they've got the Kotlin DSL 1.0 RC, the release candidate, mm -hmm. and I know they're planning to move on from there. What what is it? Is there anything specific you wanted to mention about Gradle 4.10 or whatever? No, I just think it's a, an interesting thing to talk about. I know you lo know a lot more about that uh, that aspect than, than I do, um, but just that they re they officially released it. Uh, I think since the the last time you did a podcast, so I thought it mm -hmm. should be mentioned. And well, that, if, that's, uh, if that's the case, definitely we have mm -hmm. to have to mention it. Uh, yeah, I'm just glancing through the newsletter, and now they have blog posts on the the Gradle improvements in IntelliJ IDEA, and then the fact you could do script debugging supposedly you could set a breakpoint in a Gradle script. That was so interesting. So, um, I mean, because I know that's been a, a major problem, and one of the things that I cite is like um, one of the reasons why why Groovy's not as as great for doing it. But if IntelliJ, well, not if I know they have, because obviously I've I've watched the demos of that. Um, having that debugging is is really big for Groovy, uh, and uh, hopefully that will 
encourage more people or not encourage, but maybe help more people uh, with their, their groovy based uh, build scripts. Well, and the demos by Trisha G and she's always excellent. And I, th oh, I noticed she's, she's one of the people that invited you on your monthly, I'm gonna go spend a week somewhere in Europe trip to go visit oh, you her. did see that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, I follow Trisha, of course. Uh, she's in uh, Seville, right? Or Sevilla? Sevilla yeah. Are you thinking of that one? Uh, okay, so yeah, I, it, it's one of the, the later things that uh, okay. I. So as a as a European, I have lots of holiday time now. Um, <laughs> so so I have, I, I can't take too much time away from the the new cat, but I, I do want to go somewhere and I do want to relax. Um, and so I've been looking at different places, and I I really can't deal with. The heat, so I didn't want to go to to Spain or somewhere on the the Mediterranean during the summer because mm -hmm. um, I, I just can't deal with it. But uh, end of September might be really nice according to the the weather reports that I looked at. Um, the other one that keeps coming up is is it Malaga. Um, there's a, there's another uh, really common destination in Spain that's not too far from oh. uh, from there that that you can get really cheap tickets from Berlin. So that might also be an option. If it's Malaga, that's where Hadi Hariri is based, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So talk I did not about, know that. about about any of that. Uh, no, if you go see Trisha, of course, you'll get to play with the little ones. You know, the the toddlers. She's got two little kids now, uh, under age three, oh. I guess. Oh my! Uh, oh, they're adorable, though. I mean, of course, I'm seeing them via pictures and everything. But she's brought them to conferences and done presentations. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's had a really good experience with that. Uh, and of course, her husband's a goofball. You'll you'll have to meet. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, um, any rate, that uh, she does the 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 um, monthly, what's it called, Java monthly update or whatever, yeah. right for IntelliJ. And yeah, she mentioned the the great old debugging capabilities inside of IntelliJ. Uh, but again, they've got the stuff about executing Kotlin scripts and 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 so on. And I saw the migration guide today. I just glanced at some of the migration guide from groovy DSL to the Kotlin DSL. And I, I am not, um, I don't know yeah. that that's going to yeah. sell so a lot is, of product that way. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, so this is actually a really like interesting thing to talk about. Um, so obviously as it's groovy people, we, we should like, we, we need to have a statistic of, of how long in the podcast we can go until we mention Kotlin. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, it, but it, it we have to learn to, to play together, right? Uh, the, right. There, are, there are good use cases. So I, I recently spent a little more time getting to know our uh, Android team lead at, at Zenjob, and he's a, a major Kotlin advocate. Um, and, uh, and so it, I, I see some of the advantages of it. Uh, I haven't uh, used, well, actually, no, that might not be true, because I did a hackathon for the Android team. So I guess I technically did write a line or two of Kotlin code, um, but it, there's there's use cases and, and in the Android community. It's it's a major win. Uh, the we have to admit that as a community, the the Groovy support for Android never really made it. Right. There wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of, of work put into. It. I mean, I know like Andrew and, and Cedric have done a, a lot, but they didn't have a lot of time to do it either. They didn't have a lot of support from. Uh, a company to to pay them to do it, like uh, Kotlin has with with JetBrains, uh, and when you can put the resources into that, like you're going to get the the community and and everybody to to support Kotlin, and uh, like there's still uses for Groovy in lots of other ways, uh, but but I have to admit that for Android stuff, the the Kotlin uh, 
build scripts and, and Kotlin as a language uh, takes over. Well, certainly in Android, I mean, without yeah. a doubt, I think I agree with you that Andrew, and again, I'm going to mispronounce his name. It's either Reitz or Reitz. I just don't remember which way he pronounces it. If it was German, it'd be Reitz, but I think he says Reitz anyway. Um, at any rate, Andrew did a, a, an excellent job. Uh, Cedric started it off and Andrew worked on it a lot after that. But as you say, he wasn't paid to work on that and, and it didn't catch on in the community. It, whereas Kotlin was designed from the beginning to be small and fast. And that's something that's a high priority under, under limited memory and limited power devices like on Android. And when Google decided to endorse it, you know, I still have a, a bit of a bone to pick. Well, it's not that. It said, I remember going to, um, Xavier Ducroyd, uh, if I'm pronouncing that anywhere near correctly, uh, at the at the Gradle Summit in 2016, and saying, you know, are you going to say anything about any language other than Java? And having him say, no, we're not going to, we're just going to leave that to the community. We're going to stick with Java the whole time. And then a year later at the Gradle Summit, suddenly it's Everything's oh, no, Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey guys, come on, what we you just said, but regardless. Yeah, I agree with you. And I've been spending a lot of time with Kotlin lately because of Android. As you say, it's really Kotlin's killer app. Uh, what I'm debating, though, what I'm trying to wonder is whether it's going to be a big deal in Gradle or not. Now, as you say, you can't match the IDE support. I mean, yeah. absolutely. They, I mean, it's made by an IDE manufacturer. How could you possibly? You know? Well, and even like the design of the language, right? That uh, the the dynamic of nature of Groovy can be a, a plus and a minus. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and of course the the static typing and the static binding, as you say, you know, by default will uh, help out the IDEs. Although I noticed in the Kotlin conversion guide, the the porting guide for migration, I guess they call it, from Groovy to Kotlin, they point out that the Eclipse support's not there yet. You know, even though the JetBrains people are going to make the Kotlin plugin, it's really focused on IntelliJ, which of course it would be, but we're going to see how that affects the community too, because a lot of people yeah. are still on Eclipse and Eclipse-based products like Spring Tool Suite. I, I always wondered about that. Uh, it was one of the, the early announcements uh, around the time of the, the Gradle announcement that, that JetBrains was going to maintain a, an Eclipse plugin uh, mm. for, for Kotlin. And I wondered how that worked with their like whole business. Uh, and and it, it's it's sad that they haven't been able to to make everyone happy. Uh, I know I've like it did a little bit of research into it to see. Oh. Um, and and there's lots of people angry on Twitter, which is not not that uncommon. But um, yeah, definitely disappointed that Eclipse is not equal to the experience in IntelliJ, which has always been the case, right? Right. I mean, it's it's a better product all around. I, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, but I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard anything about the Eclipse support since that initial announcement either. Okay. Maybe it'd be worth talking to Trisha or Hadi or somebody uh, at IntelliJ about what the status is. Because I mean, I mean there's no way they're going to leave out that whole market. It's a way to grow the Kotlin community and then eventually transition them to the paid yeah. tool. But we'll see. At any rate, that'll be something we'll talk a lot more about when... Uh, yeah. We, we can only speculate in, in gossip, so we shouldn't. Well, and also uh, when Gradle 5.0 comes out, then it'll be yeah. time to talk about that. That's another reason why we haven't spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about Micronaut yet either, because it's it's not really out yet. Although, was it today? No. Um, did they announce that? At, at today I saw a tweet that said at by September 30th, they'll have Micronaut 1.0 release candidate 1 or something like that. Did you see that same thing? 
Uh, I didn't see that tweet, but I saw a talk from Jeff uh, yeah. recently, very recently. Uh, mm -hmm. That was that was awesome and uh, kind of laid out a little bit of that timeline. It is a dazzling talk. I mean, when he does it, I saw him do it in St. Louis with uh, Graham there as well. Graham Roche was there. And it's very impressive. I mean, it really is awesome. And part of the best part about Micronaut is that it takes features that you would normally associate with a cloud provider and it builds them right into the framework. Things like discovery and publication and and what a, a failover, all that stuff that normally you would think of as part of the the cloud provider itself, they built right into the framework and made it very easy. Well, and and things that as as developers we don't often like to think about um, that it's like something you set up once or something you set up every now and then. Um, and so we, I often get it wrong. Uh, and like in bigger in bigger companies and enterprises, you often have like a team or people that manage the infrastructure, but for really small teams that don't want to deal with like managing all of that, uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, well, definitely. When when they go 1-0 for real, I'm sure we'll see if we can get Jeff Brown to, to come on the sure. podcast and talk about that. I mean, uh, it's not like you've had to encourage him to talk about it. He's been doing it no. everywhere, as you yeah, said. Yeah, actually, yeah. So I was, I was really happy that he gave a talk for the Berlin Groovy user group, even though I'm, I'm very sad it was poorly attended. Uh, it, it was a fantastic talk, and uh, and OCI definitely reached out to us to uh, to try and get that. Like they were very proactive about it, um, and and for me it was easy just to announce it and, and try to get people to come. Was it a scheduling thing, or do you just think it's it's still early and people just haven't caught on to it yet? Uh, oh, so I think it, it's still summer in Berlin. So a lot of people uh, were oh. were out of town, or like we we had we had several people sign up and then just not show. Um, I like, I started texting everyone. Hey, like, where, where are you? Oh, I forgot it was tonight. Um, that kind of stuff. So. Okay. Uh, you did mention, um, in your little interview section that, uh, you wanted to say something about Mr. Hockey, uh, doing the, the spring rest docs example. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it, it was really encouraging. So of course I, I've given lots of talks on spring rest docs. Uh, that's one of the things that I've, I've gotten a bit of notoriety for outside mm. of the Groovy community. And so I saw recently that uh, the Micronaut stuff, and it, he made a, a, a jump that, that I, I hadn't yet because I hadn't looked at all of the Micronaut stuff that um, you can use spring rest docs for, for Micronaut and for kind of going between the different microservices. I haven't had a lot of time to look at his examples, but they're really interesting and everyone should look at them, of course. Uh, and I definitely will in the next the next few weeks once I have free time again. Uh, and, and I think that I'm gonna go in that direction too. So one of the things that I, um, in, my, in my Spring Rest Docs talk, I often do a lot of slides and not a lot of demo. Mm. And the, the times that I've done demos, it takes forever to run because these are, these are like full functional tests. So you have to like spin up an entire girl's application to like test test all of the different APIs, and that can that can take a bit of time, especially like if you're sitting on a stage and, and then I have to like start making jokes um, while, while it's running. Uh, but but Micronaut seems really nice for for that use case uh, that I can I can run those tests a lot faster and show the functionality of Spring Rest Docs without having to worry about any overhead of any testing frameworks or anything in particular. I I that sounds great by the way, and I. You are well known for working on the Spring Rest Docs part of it. I've seen your presentations a few times, uh, but it's nice to see that Mr. Hockey's basically started a whole series of yeah. posts on Micronaut related topics. 
So that, that'll be very useful when it comes time to really dig into it. Now, a couple other things. Uh, mm -hmm. One was that, of course, uh, today I saw the tweet and you retweeted it. Actually, I think I, I follow them already. Um, was the, uh, the how do you say it? Great DI, G-R-A-D-I, the diversity great, initiative? Great diversity, yeah, great DI uh, was the, the idea. It, so it's a, a more general diversity initiative than, than just great ladies. Uh, we wanted to expand out into other areas. Uh, of course, Fossil Marcel, who you had last time, uh, has done an amazing job. Uh, he does, honestly, he does a majority of the work. I, like, have the domain. It's like, all I had to do was redirect the uh, the domain and, and deal with the DNS stuff. But uh, a lot of the work and the mentorship of the intern, stuff like that, he's, he's doing on his own. I still feel bad about the quality of the internet connection we had during that yeah. podcast. We've got to somehow find a way to talk to him when either, either he has a really good uh, connection or he's traveling or something. We'll, we'll just have to work that out in the future. Well, that's that's been one of the challenges that, uh, so I, I've known him for a couple of years now. Uh, and actually, so we, we didn't talk about the origin of, of how, how he and I got introduced. Yeah. So he, he originally applied to come to Great Conf EU when I was running the, uh, the diversity tickets initiative mm. and uh he he's really humble he it, he had an amazing application he's done so many amazing things in the groovy community like as far as uh building and and like the the whole essay of the things that he had done to to get this this ticket and uh he ended up getting picked uh his, his application was was by far the best but we had some visa issues uh and, and we we really struggled to get uh, to get him to come to Europe. Uh, I know he's had some, some other visa issues getting, getting out of Cameroon in general. Uh, we always have, have internet issues. It's really inconsistent. Uh, a lot of days they have issues with, with power connectivity. Uh, so I, I've had to be, well, not I've had to be, I, um, I, I've really become very empathetic to, uh, to the challenges that, that people face, uh, outside of, uh, the EU and in the U S. Uh, but, but he's doing amazing things, especially considering the, the resources that he has. Uh, and and we're, we're, we're like working and, uh, and in fact, so a majority of the budget, uh, he, he's, he's talked about, uh, a majority of the budget for the program has actually gone to pay for internet. That uh, they need to get a better provider, they need to get a better modem, mm -hmm. uh, things like that, because they're, they're now working. So even, even a router and a device that worked for like just him at home uh, doesn't work for all of them in the in the office. Like the more people that they add to the network, the worse it gets. Uh, so so we're finding all kinds of different challenges there, and he's done a really great job of of solving all of those. Well, I saw two tweets from them today. One mm -hmm. was that their their website that the kids are putting together went live today. It's got all the the basics in there. There's a job mm -hmm. posting section and there's a news section and everything. I also saw that he posted a picture of the the kids that are participating which was great so it was great to yeah. see that that all the this activity going on out there yeah yeah i've I've, um, I've, I've been trying to get them to to send me pictures and things uh to to promote what they're doing because a lot of people don't know about it uh and and i'm excited to hear it i i actually am in their channel so i see all of their stand-up messages i see what they're doing every day um i try to answer i don't have that much time because i am still working full-time and doing a bunch of stuff on the side that we can talk about later uh, but, but it is nice to, to see them and help them when I can. 
Uh, and so the, the idea is that the site there is a, is a landing page. They're obviously doing a lot more than just what's there, uh, but we wanted to, to create an entire process for them. So uh, they've learned how to use GitHub. Uh, they've learned how to deploy a site to production, even if it's uh, the site itself is, is very basic and just a landing page. Uh, we're going through these processes. We're uh, learning about paired programming uh, and uh, some of the challenges that, that they face with, with new technologies, with internet uh, connectivity issues, uh, with, with all of the things that are happening. And well, so, yeah. I'm sorry, I just wanted to mention for those who are, haven't checked yet, it said uh, www.gradi.com. They now have the homepage there and a projects page and a job page and contact us and everything. So I'm sure it's going to be growing considerably over time. I think they, as, as you said, they, they just want to have uh, something to show for it at this point while they're working actively on the more backend services. And, and learning a lot of it, a lot of it's learning you, um, they're, they're definitely bachelor student, bachelor's level students. Um, and a lot of the things that I remember too, that I learned in university, uh, didn't like, I, I spent a lot of time in those first few months after university learning about the real world and all of the tools that we use in the real world. Mm. Um, so, so we're, we're investing a lot there too. Well, we're, we could do it. We're going to do everything we can to help encourage them and, and in their efforts and everything. So I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I definitely wanted to bring that up anyway. I'm glad you mentioned it as well. Now, um, let's see, on the topics that you were talking about, where that you listed as part of your, your quote interview thing you were willing to talk about, why don't you just pick what you'd like to discuss out of that? Or just um, anything in general, you know, what, what you're planning, what you're doing now, what you're planning to do, what you're, anything about the Berlin user group or, or anything you want. Yeah, so, so actually that was the, that was the structure that originally was there that, uh, we would we of course talk about the the launch that happened today and their their little celebration. So they um, they'd have a little bit of a party for the release. So that was kind of cool too. Mm. Uh, that uh, I I've been up to a lot of things. So so like I said, it's been two years since I've been on the podcast. I've actually moved locations again. Uh, I I worked for for Zenjob for a long time. That was pretty demanding of me uh, and and my time. So I, I definitely have stepped back in a lot of other ways. Uh, I'm not giving as many conference talks as I used to. Uh, and especially I haven't, uh, I haven't really left Europe for, for conference talks, uh, except for like, I went to spread one last year, but, uh, I'm not going this year. I'm, I'm, uh, definitely way overburdened. Um, and, and so I, I've had to, to step back in a lot of things, but I, I am still watching a lot of projects. Uh, I'm really excited to see all of the, the new contributions to CodeNARC. Uh, so of course CodeNARC is, has been very, um, very much something that uh, I've I've been involved with and, and passionate about for for a long time and, and spent that that long time working on it. Uh, so even if I haven't had time, I, I'm glad to see other people are are still contributing. Just reminding people who may not be aware, CodeNARC being the code analysis tool for Groovy, the static analysis tool, right? Static analysis tool, yes. Uh, so it's not just a linter; uh, it goes way beyond linting uh, and does some analysis, some deeper analysis. Uh, into best practices, and it's highly configurable. You can set your own rules and standards, guys, based on your your team and organization. Uh, the Grails team has some other good guides uh, related to CodeNARC too, uh, and a little bit of self promotion. I've given a couple talks, so you can go watch those. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, you've also mentioned some things about Jeb as well. Oh right, yeah. So uh, we a couple months ago had. Uh, 
having Vidic come to talk at the Berlin Groovy user group. And it was very well timed because I've spent some time um, not really, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a manager, I'm not supervising them, but uh, perhaps assisting with and, and helping set up our test automation uh, team. And, and they're great. Uh, we have a, a full-time, very professional tester whose experience is mostly in Selenium and a bunch of other things that uh, I'm, I'm not a tester, so I, I can't remember the names of right now. And uh, paired her with a, a working student to set up Jeb for doing a bunch of automated tests. And uh, we've integrated that in, uh, so we had a, another engineer, Tamer, who uh, may, I don't think you, you know of from the community, but he's, he's active uh, and, and also in Berlin, uh, set up test containers for our, our organization. And, and for this entire project, it's been kind of interesting to see, because I, I never had the experience to, to work on Jump before, or not work on, work with, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's a really great thing. So I, I'm really hoping that we can convince them to give some talks about it now. Uh, I was more, again, in a, in a watching mode there. If they had problems with uh, connecting into Jenkins or uh, specific Groovy things, I'd answer questions. But uh, the, the working student, uh, Daniel, and uh, the QA uh, member, Asha, she, she's done a, a great job. And I hope I can get them to, to give some talks on that. I'm sorry, I missed uh, I missed that person's name. Got got a little garbled there for a moment. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I do notice that the internet connection is. Uh, I, I hope it's not on my side. Uh, cutting out your your picture keeps freezing. But uh, oh my. I hope it's yeah. not on my end either. I don't know. But anyway, who? What was the name of the person you mentioned? Uh, so so Daniel's our working student, and Asha the uh, QA tester. I oh, I'm oh. not gonna, I'm not going to butcher their last names, but uh, they work for Zenjob. So if you if you look oh. for them, you can follow okay. them on. I, I thought you were mentioning somebody giving a, a presentation on the Jeb team or whatever. Yeah, I didn't. No, know. no. I um, I'm hoping that so so we've been using it locally uh, or not locally, but uh, at at Zenjob, and uh, I, I'm hoping to get them to to talk at the Groovy user group, and then we can then we can share and uh, talk about maybe some things that they've learned. Uh, it's it's been interesting to to set up all of that stuff. We have a, a giant giant application, uh, and so there's a lot of test cases. Hmm. Well, okay. Now I, I have to ask you, um, what's your next move? What are your plans for the future? Where are you going? What are you looking for? What, what's you hinted that there were some big things happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I obviously have, have been talking kind of fondly of some of the projects and things that I've done. Uh, I, I was a major part of the, the Grails upgrade at, uh, Zenjob, but, uh, Kind of that organization has grown a lot in the last 15 months that I've been there, and uh, we've kind of gone in different directions. So I am looking for something new. I I did put in notice. Uh, so after the 10th of September, I'm going to take my three weeks of European holiday, and then I don't know what's next. Um, I, I I've done I mean software engineering for a while. I've always thought that it would be kind of cool to start my own startup. Uh, I investigated a few different options. Unfortunately, the first idea that I had, uh, I, I decided not to launch. Uh, we got into some uh, competitor analysis and realized that uh, I, it, it's going to take too much to, to get into that market. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, but I, I've been talking with a few other uh, with companies, with startups. Uh, I, I think I might apply to an incubator, uh, but 
if anyone has any ideas or things that they think would be a good fit for me, please let me know. <laughs> wow. Starting October well, 1. Well, we know OCI is hiring. For uh, always, days. yeah. Although, but that's uh, that's not exactly what the the category you're describing, you know. But that well, and and, and so one of the things that's kind of been um, maybe perhaps a blocker is that I do want to stay in Berlin, uh, so I'm not ready to go back to the U.S. yet. Uh, so I do need visa sponsorship, uh, and and that gets a little bit tricky, for, particularly for some remote companies that don't have offices in Berlin. I mm. uh, I I'm also kind of interested in a culture of diversity. Uh, so I have always worked as the only woman on a team. Uh, and in fact, I'm probably one of the most uh, visible women in, in Groovy. So often uh, people are like, oh, find more of yourself. And yeah, there, right. aren't, there aren't that many. Um, so if you, and, and, and it's not just about women and, and diversity with women, but um, it, diversity in, in lots of different other ways too. Uh, and, and encouraging it, not necessarily that uh, you already have a diverse team, but that uh, you have the structure in place to uh, support people who are underrepresented in the challenges, unique challenges that they face. That sounds good. You'd probably want to talk to Tricia as well. I mean, I'm sure she'd be aware of what's going on at JetBrains also. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and of course, she's probably got, I mean, I know you have lots of contacts throughout the industry, but I'm sure she also, whether she wants to be or not, is a clearinghouse for you know, hearing about things happening with women in the in the industry as well. Uh, it seems to be hard for most women I know to avoid doing that, in fact, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that uh, definitely good luck on whatever. Please let us know whatever you decide to do. I mean, if you decide to go the startup route or something like that, well, we may never yeah. see you again because you'll be buried in work in that case, you know. Um, but I hope you find something that that is both interesting and gets gives you a chance to take advantage of your skills both on the technical side and on the organizational and soft skill side as well, and and provides yeah. the diversity environment you're looking for. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I'm I'm a one person company, so I can't really help but nevertheless. Yeah, that's so. But that's so scary for me, um, yeah. and in particular having to deal with living in another country, like. If I if I was living in the U.S., like I I'm fairly familiar. Like after I'm doing all of the the tax and legal paperwork for great ladies, like of, of how the organizational structure works in the U.S. and particularly in Minnesota, but uh, over here I'm uh, I'm in a whole new world. <laughs> mm, definitely. Well, but please let us know. Please keep us in, informed. You know as to what's going on. And uh, again, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I was actually thinking this week we were due for another one and. Uh, you may remember, um, I know, kind of obscure. Do you remember Baruch Sadagursky? You ever heard of him? Maybe that one time. Yeah. He's just <laughs> Maybe met guy, him at a few you know? different places. Yeah. No. Yeah. As usual, he's off at a conference somewhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that would be nice, too. So um, maybe maybe I'll uh, get a new job where I can I can speak more. Well, Jay Frog's looking for a developer advocate all the time. But again, that's another issue, it's whether you want to do that sort of thing or not. But uh, at any rate, we weren't going to be able to do a podcast this week. And then I, oh. I heard you, were, you mentioned you were available. And it's like, oh, perfect. That's exactly what I, what I was hoping for. Uh, so thank you very much for being here. And again, whenever you decide you uh, have something you want to talk about, uh, please, you're, you're welcome to do so, even if it's helping out standing in for the, the the great di people or or anything else going on in your in your life or your career or we can just chat about news 
Or we could chat about news. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's sort of like the, oh my God, I'm going to date myself again. The old Johnny Carson show where he would be gone for months and they'd have fill in people. Well, we can, we can gradually get rid of Baruch that way. And, and you could be, you know, <laughs> I never really liked him anyway. I mean, honestly, you know, no, that's not true. I, I like Baruch, but I no. see yeah. this is going to be the test, job. but this is going to be the test to see if he actually listens to the podcast. You know, because I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure he even listens. You know, when I'm gonna have so many angry tweets on my mentions now. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll find yeah. out. Okay, just send them my way. It's okay. You know. All right. Well, again, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, accommodating the hour. That was really nice of you because I see it getting darker and darker as the. Yeah, the actually. So my my original plan was that I wanted to uh, podcast from the the balcony because it's absolutely it was absolutely gorgeous outside, and then I saw that the sunset was a little earlier and earlier now that it's the end of the summer. <laughs> so I had to frantically move inside at the last minute. Um, but hopefully I got the lighting set up. You can still see me. And oh, yeah. So. Yeah, no problem at all. I mean, if it wasn't for the internet issues, we'd be fine. And, and again, that's the problem with not having any production values whatsoever. So okay, well, <laughs> uh, I'll straighten out the uh, the show notes. I mean, I'll add a bunch of links and things in there. When oh, yeah. Let me know if you need my help. Um, I'm, I can. Oh, be careful when you volunteer for something like that, because I hate doing the paperwork part of this. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. I, we'll, we'll chat then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's glue, glue tasks. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's a glue task. That's exactly what you said before on Twitter and stuff. All right. Well, let me end this and then we can talk about uh, okay. cleaning yeah, up the, all that stuff. So <laughs> okay. thank you very much and definitely best wishes to you. And we'll talk Thanks. to you again soon. Okay. Bye-bye.